0: So my name is Obi Diaz and I get to be the host of The City's Finest. Now, this podcast was designed for us to kind of be a bridge between the normal person and the law enforcement individual who's decided to take this career upon. Uh, And, uh, you know, the fact that this podcast exists It's a really cool thing for us to have this spectrum of different people who we've had on. Our last guest was David Ogden, who's the chief of police for Windmere here in beautiful central Florida, where this podcast is uh, headquartered at. Now, fortunately, you know, David has an array of tools around him, too. And one of the gentlemen who I had a chance to meet... At the same time, as I got to know David, was Andy Jones here, who is our guest today. So Andy, I appreciate you saying yes to the City's Finest Podcast.
1: Well, thank you for asking. It's an honor to be here.
0: Okay, so Andy, um, I know you as, uh, so first of all, we're friends, personally, here in the city of Winter Garden. You and I get a lot of opportunities to sharpen up, uh, and I knew you first as a chaplain for the police department. So, can we start yeah. there? Because that's where our friendship started. And I said, really? That's what you do?
1: Yes. Well, let me propose a disclosure. I'm also a business owner uh, on a painting company. So, that's, uh, what my, that's what employs me. But I have the privilege of being the chaplain for, at the time you met me, was for Windermere, uh, for Windermere Police Department under David Ogden. But I also subsequently have the, the privilege of being a chaplain for Oakland Police Department's And as of a year and a few months now, I have been the chaplain for Winter Garden Police Department.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay, so we'll get to the chaplain in just a second. We'll get to that role. But as you started, you are a business owner as well. I don't think a lot of people know that. Is that is that typical that a, a chaplain would hold a position there with the police department and have a regular job, too?
1: There are very few chaplaincy agencies that actually pay full time, or even pay for the chaplains to be on staff. Most chaplains, as myself, are volunteer, and uh, so it is a, it's a ministry of presence, and it's a gift that the Lord has allowed me to be participating in. And so, um, very few of them are uh, few. Very few chaplains are paid positions.
0: Well, wow, Andy, Andy, I really appreciate you saying that because I, I'm going to be one of the very first ones, besides anybody else who's listening, I'll be one of the very first ones to say there's a lot of this stuff that I just don't know. So you just yeah. kind of educated me on that, which makes it even, even more of an important position.
1: Well, a lot of the chaplains are also pastors of their own churches, own congregations, and so therefore that's just a, a sub-ministry uh, for them. Uh, for me, it's just been a calling uh, that um, my my dear friend uh, David Ogden gave me the opportunity of doing. After I had applied to uh, go to the Orange County Sheriff's Department as a, a reserve officer, and uh, after I uh, through a few months, or actually a few years of of going through that process, or a year and a half of going through that process, I chose to no longer become an auxiliary officer for the department. So when I shared that with. Uh, my friend David Ogden, he brought me into his office and and presented the idea to me about becoming a chaplain, which was a total surprise to me because I had never given uh, much thought at all. I knew what chaplains were, but never gave them much of a thought.
0: Wow, how interesting! You know, so um, I'll I'll kind of pivot here for a second. You know, there, there was a, a small moment in my life for probably about ten to thirteen years that I was a Freemason, and uh, mm-hmm. being being a part of that group, I was able to be the chaplain for our lodge. And really? uh, I, I I, took that serious. You know, I took that serious. If I'm going to be sitting in, in this lodge with all these men and, and be saying a prayer for all of them, I want the prayer to be genuine and I want it to be serious. Yeah. So so if we can, let, let's go down that route because as the chaplain, you're dealing with men and women behind uniform. Um, th- there's a couple things going on here. So you have people, A, with confidence and then you have people who go through stuff that the average person doesn't go through. So how do you chaplain that?
1: Well, as I said earlier, my job is to be a ministry of presence. And so for me to come in and start preaching the gospel, which is always stealth, I will never tell anybody that as a chaplain, I don't, I'm not proselytizing. I cannot proselytize as a chaplain, but I can only go off based upon the faith that I have. So my job is to become a ministry of presence and that's gaining the trust of the officers. Um, as you can imagine, the, um, the challenges that most police officers see are, and, and the people they deal with are often on their worst day. And uh, so the an officer comes in within a five-minute period of time to try to solve a problem that they most often had for quite some time. So my job is to come in and become a friend, which I truly believe that I, I really strive to be there, uh, earn trust, and uh, just listen, and to find out how I can bring balance to their lives if they are so seeking to do so.
0: Wow. So if you can, without getting too personal, can you paint for us a a picture of where the chaplain comes in? Okay. So say I'm an officer. Um, Man, this is probably going to be the deepest topic that an officer can go through, but I'm an officer and I had to discharge my firearm at someone. Um, And and dealing with that, uh, what what do you say to them? What, What are the words of encouragement? How do you go into that scenario?
1: Well, there's a couple of ways that we actually go into that scenario. When, a, when a, an incident happens, it's called a citizens class, which is a critical incident critical incident stress management. And i am actually been trained to be a part of that team. So it's myself, a psychologist, and their peers. So we will get around that situation and talk to all of the officers as to their involvement in whatever took place at that time. And afterwards, I would have an opportunity to present the opportunity to that officer if they would like to have some one-on-one time and really just take them down to what they were thinking. Obviously, the justification of that uh, shooting will obviously be done by the, the police department. But my job is to come alongside them just to see if they can uh, release some of the pressure that they've been thinking through or whatever's been going on and, and take it uh, case by case. It's never a formula. It's just really getting to know that person and to see if I can help them um, rationalize this in their own head or put some sense to what happened in their own head.
0: Now, you know what I like about you saying that this position is a volunteer position is that you're, you're really truly coming alongside, like you said earlier to be a friend And it's not like you're trying to gain some new position. Hey, if I help so many people out, I get to be the chief of police or I get the, you know, a new set of stripes, you know, on my uniform. You're actually doing this because it's a it's a it's a volunteered ministry of your heart. I think that's so cool. I think a lot of people look back and they say, really? So so where did this come from?
1: Well, I, before I tell you that, I actually sat in one of my chief's offices. As I said, I'm talking with three different agencies. I was sitting in one of my chief's offices one day, and I said to him, if I had the opportunity to change my crosses and my badge for his stars and his badge, I wouldn't do it. As a matter of fact, there's not another position within the police department that I would actually rather do than what I get to do. I get to do this. I'm not, uh, This is not something that I, I have to do. I get to be a part of this. This It's not something I'm made to do, but I get to be a part of this. And God has just given me a gift and a passion for people. And um, so for me to be able to have the opportunity to do this is far better than I would have ever imagined. I have said to Chief Ogden, my dear friend, on more than one occasion, I'll look him in the face and say, Dave, thank you. Thank you for giving me the, the honor, the privilege. Of being able to fulfill uh, what I believe God's calling me is for my life, Wow. and if I were able to do this full time and not have to uh, paint for a living, uh, I would I would trade my crosses for my paintbrush. <laughs> for my- <laughs> wow! <laughs> but if I can answer your question about David uh, David Ogden, one day after I shared earlier that I um, uh, decided that I was no longer going to be on the auxiliary program and I had declined the invitation um, after being accepted, uh, he asked me to come to his office one day. And you have to understand, police officers are very untrusting people. Uh, they will make that known to you. You have to become a friend. And if you break that trust, pr- that trust, uh, it takes a lot to regain it. If you can regain it at all, I love telling this story because it uh, it shows the tender side of my chief. Uh, he brought me into his office and uh, we discussed what was going to happen next. And he sat back in his chair, crossed his legs, and with a tear, I, I'm sorry, he asked me if I would be his chaplain, and I. Said, said, may I go pray about that and let me talk to my wife? And I said, David, can you tell me, why me? Why would you ask me? I'm not qualified. I have never said I wanted to do this, but why me? <laughs> and he said with a tear in his eye, he says, because I trust you. Wow. And Obi, I can tell you that he could have said you're qualified. We needed somebody to fit the shirt because we already have the uniform. Uh, the badge doesn't matter what you look like. Anything he would have said would have made more sense to me than a man looking at me in that degree and saying, I trust you. That took the responsibility of this job to a whole new level, wow. to a whole new level to know that someone would look me in the face with that sincerity and say, I trust you. That meant that they saw only one thing in me. They saw the love of Christ in me. Not oh. me. So just, I'm not qualified. So I know that he saw way past my insecurities, my uh, lack of ability but he saw the potential and what God was sharing with him, that, that, that I belong to him and he would equip me to do the job that he is, David has just now asked me if I would be interested in doing.
0: Wow, man. I love the way it just rolled out of your mouth too. Now. Okay. So the, so the quality that David was able to recognize in you when he asked you to be the chaplain, that type of quality, I know that you're saying it's, it's the love of Christ, but who nurtured that when Andy Jones was a kid, like who, who was the one who helped, who helped carve you into this character that you are today?
1: You know, it's funny you asked that question because uh, David asked me if I would write something for him. Um, coming up in the next week or so. And I started writing that down just a little bit. And part of my answer to that was, as far as I can ever remember, I've always loved helping people. Um, I've just been that kind of a person. I used to love to play cowboys and Indians when I was a kid, uh, which is probably not politically correct to say today. But (laughs) I would always want to be the cowboy because (laughs) he was a good guy. But also my father was a true cowboy in his own lifetime. He actually was a cowboy. He broke horses for a living. Wow. I always wanted to play cops and robbers and I always wanted to be the cop because I always wanted to help people. God has just given me a heart of, uh, even when I was a bartender many years ago, for me to listen to people's problems and to have conversations as a kid. In high school, I would walk around with a Bible in my pocket and people knew that they could come and talk to me. God has just given me this heart of loving people. And I can genuinely say I love people. And it takes a lot for me not to engage with the person only when they don't want to engage. Um, but what's funny about it is I'm an introvert. When it when my quiet time is there, it's just me. I don't want to. I'm in my wife or my closest friend. So I'm not a person who just engages in going out and being with people just to be with people. It's 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 truly a calling because I could I could easily sit in a room by myself and watch Hallmark movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Well, Andy, I, I, it's funny to hear you say that you're an introvert because if anybody knows you, uh, especially here in the beautiful city of downtown Winter Garden, um, you're just you're a lighthouse man. You're a sentinel. You know, you're somebody who when you walk around. You um, With every step, you can just feel the trust. And so I, I feel where David was coming from as he asked you to be chaplain. Uh, I also see you pour your heart into other individuals out there in the streets. Like, you You know, it, it's funny because here in Winter Garden, I, I keep mentioning that a, a lot because you you may be listening, you know, wherever you're from, California, New York. Uh, but here in Florida, this beautiful little town, we get an opportunity to see, see each other a lot. It, it really is like a Hallmark movie to go back to what Andy was saying. It's like a Hallmark movie where you get to really know everybody. And Andy, your reputation is solid, is solid. Every single time I either bump into you or get done with a conversation with you, there's always somebody who says, "Oh, that's that's a good guy right there." How do you know him? He's excellent. And they and they rattle down this list of great attributes that you have. So um, so let me just say that publicly because that is what's being said behind your back is all good stuff.
1: Now, By the grace of God.
0: Now, I want to, uh, amen. Now, I want to get to this, okay? So this is going to be, I want to pivot this conversation because we do have law enforcement that's listening right now, men and women who have decided to take on this uh, this duty and this task to protect us, to be guardians. Um, I've had conversations with some officers who have broke down crying in front of my face, not meaning to, but because they're holding so much in. You get to see that all the time. What is that like?
1: You know, I liken it to one of my favorite things to do as a pastor. Uh, one of one of the most remarkable things I get to do as a pastor is bapti- baptizing people, and I've done hundreds of baptisms in my church over the years. And when you take somebody under the water and they come up, I'm the first person that sees them after they have been dumped and submerged into the water. <laughs> That's so there's awesome. To me, there's, there's a there's a metamorphosis that happens when I watch the eyes when they open them back up after being in the water. And I feel the the presence of God being on them. So when a person is able to have a, a trauma in their life and they trust you enough to be able to have a conversation and they break down, it's, it's, it's something that is just so... Ah, fulfilling to know. And it's not about me. It's so fulfilling to know that the Lord allowed me to, tr- to trust me enough for that person to be able to open their heart up and do heart surgery. And if him that's doing the, the, the tools. He's just using my hand and my voice. So to answer your question, if I, if I, if I think I'm answering your question, it is one of the most incredible things that I've ever seen. And so I've had officers who have been officers for 30 plus years who has shared with me? I've never shared that with anyone. You're the first person that I've ever shared that story with. Or I can't cry with my wife or my children. Or I can't let my spouse or my significant other know this. And so to be entrusted with that, it's just it's it's incredible. So
0: Andy, can can and, you uh, can you dive into that just a little bit more? What what are officers going through?
1: You know, I think being a especially back in the generation where I'm at and some of the ones that are retiring, it's a calling. It's not a job, it's a calling. So when people are doing this job, they realize they're not doing it for the money Has you ever seen the salary of a police officer for one who is going to take an opportunity to go in and run into a fire or run into a gunfight when others are running away from it, go into a scene where they're going to see blood and guts. It is not a job. It's a calling. So the time that we're going through in our nation where people are disrespecting cops, looking at them as as villains versus the heroes they are, and I really mean that the men and women that are out there serving are heroes, in my opinion. To have them not being respected in the manner in which they do is disheartening. And it's hard to see an officer say, I'm I'm afraid to go to a domestic violence, uh, to a domestic scene due to the violence that may happen or the pushback that I may get from Doing the wrong thing, you have you know just a split second to make a decision whether you go home at the end of the night or they go home at the end of the night, and to see that stress being added because of the the, the demon the, the demonization of police officers, uh, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see that, and so this profession is um, is definitely taking a beating. Uh, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the Officers that are out there serving uh, the men and women that are serving are good people, but it's those one or two bad apples that are out there that stains the entire department or the profession. So, uh, uh, it's challenging, it's challenging, but I just want to encourage them to continue to stay in the fight. I think it's been said once before for, for evil to succeed. It takes good men and women to do nothing. And so, wow. I applaud those good men and women who are out there willing to do this job that most people wouldn't want to do. They just think it's about carrying a badge and a gun. Uh, that's just, that's just a tool. It is not who they are and who they are as the public defendants, the public servants who really are risking their lives to save lives.
0: So as a member of the public, is there anything that I can do? What can I do? Is there anything that I can say to an officer when I see them in passing? Uh, a uh, gesture that I can make to the to, to, to the police department uh, headquarters building?
1: You know, I think anytime you can give an encouraging message to anyone, first of all, let's just start there. Anybody, because um, we don't need to walk around as enemies. I think the, the, the media would love for us to hate one another, to judge one another. So if you can do that to anybody, but if you could especially do that to an officer and just say thank you, I appreciate the job that you do. Um, we love knowing that you're out there doing what you're doing. Any kind of encouraging word can be there. Uh, I love when I have the opportunity, if I see any of the officers, whether I work with them or not, to buy them lunch if I possibly can or a cup wow. of coffee or just something to just to say, I thank you. And it's not, it's, it's, it's a, it really means a lot to them to know that they're not hated, not having to look over their back and think someone's going to stab them in the back. But versus someone patting them on the back. So I just think it's a, it's kindness goes so far. Kindness is one of the best gifts you could ever give to anyone and your time. You can never take, you can never make any of it and you can never take it back. So if you can just give your time to an agency um, or a first responder, it would be, that's awesome.
0: Okay, love it. So, Andy Jones, I, I appreciate you again for being on the podcast. We covered uh, some really great stuff about the position of a chaplain, uh, some stuff that I didn't know about, and uh, you know, again, we even covered the people who come to you with their deepest, darkest secrets that you you even mentioned that they don't even share with their wives. And I, I can imagine that if I were in uniform and I had gone through the stuff that I gone through, I don't want my wife to have to bear through that too. So, there's probably going to be a lot that I'm going to keep in and not share with her. I, th- I think that's so deep because us as the citizens, I don't think we think of them as regular humans too, behind that badge when they take it off.
1: Yes. Uh, I think so often people think um, that first responders of police officers are robots, but they're, they're men and women who are just like you and just like me, who just have a calling on their life. And, um, and I, and I thank those people for having this calling. So,
0: it's so, an honor
1: to be a, a police chaplain.
0: So, what's I say that,
1: one last thing? Yeah, go say ahead. Say cause,
0: w- well, because I was going to continue going. I was going to say what's in the future for Andy, but go ahead.
1: I will glad to tell you that. Thank you for asking. There's a difference between being a chaplain, uh, being a counselor, than it is to be a, uh, I mean, being a pastor or a counselor, than being a chaplain. A chaplain is in there with them. You get to spend that time. And you, when you're a pastor, you have a captured audience where people come to hear what you have to say. As a chaplain, I have to go into their world. And those worlds can be so diverse. And I have to go into those worlds with, and, and be the eyes and ears of of Jesus and just listen. And for those who have ears, well, I hope they hear. And for those who don't, you know, it's not my job to shove it down their throat. But to live an example of who Christ is in me, and hopefully that's attractive enough for even the person who doesn't want to believe in Christ but says it's something different and I want to trust what I see in that. So if I can have the opportunity of being a small link in helping someone come to know the Savior our to know our Savior, it's it's all worth it
0: yeah Andy what would you say to somebody right now who's listening who's like okay guys you you've talked about Jesus a couple times I mean like is that what this podcast is about I mean I, I I just I just want to reiterate to people that that's that's not what this podcast is about however when the subject makes itself known it is the highlight so I love how level-headed you are and 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 that's where we're going with this Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I've had a person, uh, when we do our, our SISMS class, our debriefing, should I say, I've asked people, what, what's your true north? That's the biggest question I ask. What's your true north? And I remember one of the CIA, uh, CSI agents uh, said to me, she said, I'd love to go scuba diving. She says, that's what centers me. And I said, well, let's talk about that. So you're right. It's not about always bringing somebody to Christ. It's about helping somebody to, to, to become balanced again. To help them be able to understand what to the best degree they can and what just happened in their world. And so I come alongside men and women and saying, Tell me what it is that makes you happy. What is it that makes you the person that you signed up for this job to be? So it's stealth to to, to speak Christ. I don't always, I can, I can always speak Christ without even having to use the word. And the book of Esther is one of those things. Uh, Never will you see the word Christ mentioned or God mentioned in the book of Esther. But yet she was saved for such a time as this. So uh, we never, as you said, never, this is not about preaching the gospel, but living the gospel.
0: Right. I love it, man. I'm so glad that God's put you in the position that you're in. Uh, As a personal friend, I can honestly say that. And, um, you know, to those of you who are listening right now, if you are going through something, you know, Andy, what what can you say about other chaplains? Because I I was just about to say, if you are going through something, regardless what department you're in or what agency, what municipality, uh, that chaplain plays an important role. Uh, But are all chaplains the same?
1: I would hope they all have the same goal. Uh, there's different faiths of uh, denominations out there of chaplains, and so what I would hope their all all goal is to be a ministry of presence. Um, that's what we swear. That's what we take a vow to be is a ministry of presence, not to proselytize people, not to shove anything down their throats, but just to be open for that. But when you asked me what is next for me in my uh, career with this is that I'm hoping to be able to develop along with my friends of um, Got Your Six from the uh, – Iron Man of God ministry that uh, we can expand the chaplaincy program. I hope to be sending out something, uh, getting something um, public here within the next month or so where I would be able to do this on a more consistent basis and um, to really gain greater knowledge and to be a better um, instrument for the agencies that I currently work for as well as the community. And that's that's one thing I love about being a chaplain as well is that I'm also ministering to the community. So it's not just the officers, it's the officers, their wives, the administrations that work within these municipalities, as well as the community. I have recently had to give a death notification to a young girl at 12 at night when she flew in from uh, out of the country, out of the state, to find out only her sister was, was deceased. And uh, outside, of our, outside of the Windermere jurisdiction, outside of my jurisdiction completely. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to really expand that down the line. So I believe this is what the Lord is going to allow me to retire doing.
0: Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, here, give a quick plug to your painting business because, I mean, you're also an amazing uh, business owner. You've got a great business here in town. And, and I, I'd love to give that thing a plug. <laughs>
1: Well, thank you. I actually have a business that's only, by God, because uh, I'm not that good of a painter and I'm not that smart. So, uh, we have been in, <laughs> we have been uh, in business for about 11 years, actually my 12th year. And my company name is affordable quality interior painting, but I also do business as Orlando quality painting. Um, a great deal of my painting company uh, is over in Oakland park, uh, as well as Hickory hammock and around the greater Orlando area. And, um, we do interior as well as exterior painting, and typically it's in um, um, anyone who is looking for something to be done, painting, pressure washing, minor repairs, major repairs if necessary. I have contacts with that, but I love what I do as far as that part of the country, uh, part of, as far as that part of my um, life. Sure. But um, what I want to do is retire doing more ministry because I truly believe after the, the message that I heard even today at our Ironman group, that um, I need to be doing more of what God is actually calling me to do. Wow! That. So so, my name and my company is Orlando Quality Painting. You can find me uh, on Sundays at Affordable Quality Interior Painting.
0: Okay, okay, Mister Andy Jones. I appreciate you again. Uh, first of all, a just for being a, a great brother to sharpen with. Um, you know, there are times that we get together, and as soon as we end a conversation, I leave just so fortified. Uh, so I appreciate you, man. You're like vitamins, bro. You know, people take you, people take you and they get better. So, uh, so I, I appreciate you again. And uh, again, to anybody who's listening right now, um, this was a podcast that uh, I, I really, really enjoyed doing with Andy here because we talk about law enforcement. We've talked about chiefs of polices. We've talked about SWAT team. We've talked about detectives, all those different uh, uh, parts that have to be played. But, but somebody somebody's got to focus on the soul because if nobody focuses on the soul, then all we have are a bunch of freaking weirdos out there trying to protect us weirdos. (laughs) So, (laughs) so so I, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you for your job. And um, Andy, thank you again. And to anybody who's listening right now, you could always look forward to these episodes. Uh, We try to drop at least once, maybe two times a month, but city's finest anywhere. Apple, Amazon, Google, uh, you'll be able to find us all over the place. But Andy Jones, I appreciate you. You're a great human being, and I pray that God continues to bless you like crazy.
1: Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with you, and God bless you, my brother, and the ministry and the call that he has on your life.
0: Thanks, Andy. I appreciate it, man.